What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. And today we have a more a solemn episode, I would suppose. Yeah, this is probably... I'm not happy we're recording this episode, <laughs> but I feel like it's something that has to be done. Okay. Um. So, you know, uh, rest in peace, Prodigy episode. Right. Um, rest in peace, uh, Albert Johnson. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I, One of my personal favorite MCs of all time from one of my personal favorite groups of all time. So, not one of my... Not either of those for me, but I he is someone a mob deep. I, I have a lot of respect for. Um, I do have a lot of respect for Prodigy, but he's personally not one of my favorites. But you know, I can I can I can pay tribute. I can pay homage. Yeah, I th- I think we're gonna have to like wrap this one a little earlier than I would like to, because I mean I really would like to like go down the history and just like explore the group um, and their contributions through their albums and things like that. Um, but I don't know. You want you want to kick it off? Uh, okay. Well, I guess when did you first really get into Mob Deep? Um, I first really got into Mob Deep probably really early in my high school career, like ninth grade maybe was when I really really got into him. Okay. Um, the first we talk about moments and we talk about the kind of where were you. The first album that I experienced with Mob Deep actually in the moment was um was actually Murder Music. Murder music, um, really? Yeah, so okay. I, I got into Mob Deep um, during the Hell on Earth album. Okay. The Hell on Earth song, right, was also really on the compilation song. that I referred to on the on the Wu Tang episode. Um, the 1997 uh, Source Greatest Hits. Oh, okay. Hell on Earth was on that. Yeah. And so I, I guess I kind of got into them there. It's a good song. But I, but I still, I wasn't a part of the moment of the album. Okay. Um, but you know, I really, really liked that song, and I went back and I listened to the Hell on Earth album, and I enjoyed it. But I didn't like get it, get it. I don't think until okay. the Murder Music album. So, what song on Murder Music really grabbed your attention? So, so Murder Music. So, I got into him like I said during Hell on Earth. Yeah. Um, and I, oh, I, I kind of right. went okay. back and heard it. But, but it was Shook Ones coming out as a single, and me seeing everything around it, and already being a Mob Deep fan, where I was able to be a part of. I mean, not shook ones. I'm sorry. Uh, Quiet storm. Quiet storm. Okay. Yeah. Quiet storm, and and then being around all of all of that, you know, fanfare and seeing it come out. That was the first time I actually got to be a part of the moment of okay. a Mob Deep release. But um, the Infamous is by far my favorite album. And when did you listen to the Infamous? Um, I listened to the Infamous after I heard Hell on Earth. Okay. And then it was funny because I heard Hell on Earth. I fell in love with the album. And then, yeah, and then I heard uh, The Infamous and I was Mm. like, this album is just as good. And then I heard it again and I was like, this This album album is better. better. (laughs) Like kind of the way way we talk about the Beatles and how, you know, Sgt. Pepper's was like kind of my intro album of- of And then you heard Abbey Road. And then I went back and heard Abbey Road and then I heard it again. And then I was like, this might be better. I think I actually hit you up the day that I decided that that album was better. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, anyway, go ahead. Um, So my brother, uh, he, my brother put me onto a lot of music, um, more stuff that he probably even realized, but he had the hell on earth album. And I think that we were listening to a couple, couple tracks, something about like the design, like the, the redness of the yeah. album kind of appealed to me. Something about like the color red just kind of like really stands out. Okay. Um, and I really, really enjoyed that song. Actually, back when I started writing, uh-huh. uh, that was one of the beats that like I wrote a song to. It wasn't very good, but <laughs> and, but that beat that beat was dope. Yeah. But I remember listening to the to that album and not uh-huh. really feeling it. Uh-huh. Um, 
Now, I've gone back and recent, listened to it recently, obviously, mm-hmm. because of the news. I was like, well, let me actually give this album another chance. Right. Uh, and I think it starts off kind of bleh, but okay. then it picks up around track four or five, and yeah. it's pretty solid the rest of the way. There's a stretch of that album, and I would have to go back and look at the track list because uh, I didn't really get a chance to, to prepare for this episode. But um, but G.O.D., Fall Apart 3, QBC, Siplon, Bacardi, like... Yeah. Like drop a gem on them, which was the mm-hmm. Tupac diss on that yep. record. Okay. Um, I mean, there is some super standout highlights, and yeah, there was definitely some good tracks on it. And one of the things I tell people, which is funny, um, you know, in this context, is there's two groups that saved my life. I think you know what I mean. Okay. And, and the two groups that saved my life are Outkast and Mob Deep. Let's get into um, Mob Deep. How Mob Deep so, saved Yinka's life. So I need to when I was story. in when I was in high school, I mean, I think everybody in their life they had a a, a, a stretch of time where you know they may have gone down the wrong roads or they might have you know started hanging out with the wrong people or, or getting into negative things. I'm not really gonna you know over over you know detail that, but I will say that like. I think when you're a teenager, just part of like teen angst is like you feel like nobody understands you, like sure. nobody really gets sure. what you're going I've through, right? And it doesn't there. even matter. You could be from the suburbs, you could be from the hood, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Um, Mob Deep and Outcast were two groups in a certain at a certain period of time in my life that I felt like were the only people that were like narrating the shit that I was seeing in my life. That's, that's a um, big contrast between and, those two and, groups. And it's funny because I think that those two things kind of leveled me out. And it's funny because I I, I think I might have told you this before, but I never listen to Mob Deep before I go to work or before I do anything that requires me to be responsible. Fair. Because I feel like Mob Deep narrated all the <laughs> fucked up shit I did. And like Outkast, particularly Andre 3000 on um, on AT Aliens, because AT uh-huh. Aliens was my favorite Outkast album would narrate the kind of like more reflective like yo you know let me put in perspective the things that i'm seeing right especially now, what we're trying to say is uh yinka got some bodies on him we're not <laughs> nah. gonna get that into too much because we don't want to incriminate nobody nah, zero bodies <laughs> zero bodies just nothing to be proud of like I, I don't think you know I, I try not to glorify negativity but um but yeah man like there was a period of time where literally those two albums i was running those two albums the infamous and atle and just like back to back right um and in some ways some of those things that were the themes of those albums were were narrating the things that i was seeing and so i just feel like you know i i can't state enough like how important prodigy's voice was i mean prodigy being the to me like the voice of mob d you know? so is he is he the i guess i guess i know that the simple answer you know the obvious answer is that right. yes he is the voice of mob d but uh-huh. is he really the voice of mob d I'm kind of curious about that. I would say yes. I would say um, I would say Pro- Prodigy, in my opinion, has one of the best voices, just he does have voice, voice wise of, of, of all time in hip hop. Um, he was one of the few people that taught us, and I think I think Jelani was the person who said this, and I, and, I, and I read it, and I was like, yo, that's so real. Like he taught us that like you didn't have to rhyme. Like I feel yeah. like like and not not in a way where it's like you didn't have to have talent. But I think a lot of the rap that we remember favorably in the hippity hoppity era was just over rhymed. Like it was, sure. it was just we we tried too much to fit to these very specific you know rules of mm-hmm. of wordiness, and and Prodigy wasn't wordy at all. Like right. he just he just said what he wanted to say, and and this, but the shit was always dope. Survival of the fittest is a very good example of that. Like the first. Yeah. 
the first three or four bars might have like a rhyme or two in it. The verse in it in general doesn't really have that many rhymes in it. Yeah, but like, um, but the shit be hot. It though. is. Like, it is. Yeah. So. I, it's it's almost inexplainable how how ill his style was, and, and I think it was a pioneering style. You know, though I. I would agree with you. I do think the Prodigy is probably the standout vocal talent from the group. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the, the best opening bar, I think, has to go to Habit. Well, for every rhyme I write, it's 25 to life. That, I, that joint is I still... definitely think it's a very underrated verse, and it's one of my favorite Mob Deep verses. But Prodigy has at least five to ten more verses that I would say I, I prefer. Yeah, that, um, that's probably fine. But, but, but again, it's such a strong opening. Oh, it's, oh, it's a great verse. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a great verse, and it also gets quoted a lot. Like I think Prodigy is probably one of the most like sampled on hooks and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, MCs of all time, but that for every rhyme I write, it's twenty five to life. Uh, gets put on a lot of joints. So, but you know, Havoc was making uh, Havoc made the majority of the music, if not most of all so, the music, right? So again, I don't want to disparage one of my favorite groups, um, but. So there's there's certain things in Mob Deep history. First thing being, initially when Mob Deep didn't have as much attention, Prodigy was actually the producer, and he taught Havoc how to make beats. This is true. And Havoc taught Prodigy how to rhyme. And this is true. Prodigy became a better rapper, and Havoc became a better producer. Yeah. Um, the the standout album, which is the infamous in mm-hmm. my mind, um, the majority of that was re the production was reproduced by q-tip from the drums perspective and if you think about what makes that album incredible it's actually the drums and so in multiple like i actually have um check the technique which if you guys have never read it i think i told you i was gonna let you borrow it if you hadn't read it but Questlove does the uh the opening of it and it's basically a book where they take the liner notes of what they're calling the 25 most important uh hip-hop albums Mm -hmm. where they they interview the artists who did it from a track by track perspective and they'd say how they put the songs together oh, that's and then outside contributors they also interviewed those people so of course they have and, um, infamous thing, and infamous is on there um and they talk about how they had the album pretty much done and it sounded very different and q-tip was like yo let me help y'all out and q-tip went back and you know he did a lot with the mixes he did a lot with the drums etc brought them drums to create okay. what the sound was of the infamous um, so I think though, you know, while I feel I feel you on Havoc's beats being part of the voice of what mm-hmm. Mob Deep is, I think a, a lot of the voice of what became Mob Deep was also Q-Tip. Okay, and Q-Tip's the one who put Mob Deep on. I, I don't think it was that. Well, according to the, this book I read, which okay. may not even be truthful, but yeah, according to this book I read, it was uh-huh. Q-Tip who put them on. Oh, okay, yeah, I do know that based on what was in the book that I read, that the uh, the check the technique. It sounded more like, um, you know, Queens, Queens, mm-hmm. um, same l- labels kind of going in and out of the, the same offices. Q-Tip hears them and is like, oh, yeah, yeah let me help. Q-tip. Let me help out. They approached Q-Tip. Oh, OK. But so, this is when they already had a deal, right? No. So the way so the way I read it was Prodigy, um, his mom actually helped him get um, helped him get a, a sort of like a tryout deal with, uh, with Jive Records. He's actually mm-hmm. on. There's a verse on uh, on the Boys in the Hood soundtrack. Okay. I forget what it's called. Um, by some R&B group, it's like young, 
life or young something okay. whatever anyway he's got the opening bars on he's got the opening 16 mm-hmm. and so jive kind of wanted to sign him but this was around the time when he met havoc he's like yo if you want me you got to get havoc as well right. they listen to havoc they said now nah, we're not into it mm-hmm. and so the two of them became a, a, a duo they were the poetical prophets yeah or something like exactly that. what and a terrible then, name i'm glad they changed it right and <laughs> then you know they they start changing the name to mob deep but around that time they were going around to basically they were skipping school mm-hmm. and they were going around to all these different offices where all these artists would come out and eventually q-tip mm-hmm. finally like gave him the time of day they 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 spit a few raps they spit a few songs mm-hmm. and then he was like yo let me take you inside the def jam office because i think mm-hmm. it was def jam um even but though they were they weren't allowed well, the book said Def Jam, okay. which, which, which is, was kind of like odd to me. I was like, yeah. they weren't on Def so, Jam. So Juvenile Hell, they were on 4th and B-Way. Okay. And um, and then they moved to Loud for uh, the Infamous. Sure. Uh-huh. I, I, th- I think that sounds right. But either way, like, Q-Tip kind of got them in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Havoc ended up shooting one of them by, by accident. Oh, the shot story this dude where, uh, Perry like uh, as, as an accident or something yeah like, I, I, I heard that story but told from the perspective of like someone else I feel like it was like Greg Nice or something I don't but know but anyway I, 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 yeah, I read it, I read it told it. from the perspective of uh, a prodigy we don't need to go into uh, yeah. detail on that either uh, yeah. yeah but um, so I'm looking at the track list over here of, of Hell on Earth and mm-hmm. I just want to say that you know Thank, I'm thankful that your ears are a little bit more mature now than mm-hmm. they probably were when you heard this album because yeah. this album starts off strong and ends strong. I mean, I, th- I think the thing the thing for me, one of the issues that I've I've kind of always had with Mob Deep, um, and again, I, I do like the group, uh-huh. but they're not they're not one of my favorites. Right. If I'm if I just want some like straight up hip hop, the only one that I might put on on just on a regular basis is going to be the infamous. But that doesn't mm. mean I don't have appreciation for the other stuff. They're just not my favorite. But I yeah. think one of the issues that I have with Mob Deep, with this album in particular, okay. is that even though Prodigy and Havoc don't sound the same, mm-hmm. they kind of do. In the sense that there's not that much like there's not that much variety between what they're talking about and, hmm. and what they're talking about and how they're approaching it. So it's okay. kind of like the same. And in the beats, they're just, they kind of get monotonous a little bit. Mm. For me, they do. Whereas the Infamous, the Infamous is such a colorful album mm. that like, even though the two kind of approach the rap the same way, mm. um, and, and, and they, they definitely are different sounding. I'm not saying that they sound the same, but they, when it's the two of them on you know 12 to 16 tracks together it gets yeah. kind of like monotonous to me okay. and so that's why i i'm not going to go back and listen to those those albums on a regular basis but i mean the hell on that definitely has a few joints on it man a few um, joints so so let's listen i like so the track, with the track list, sure. right uh it starts with animal instinct it's yeah a, it's a great song um, i i wasn't really feeling that one as much wow okay drop a gem on them yeah 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 blood sport mm. wow Okay. Extortion with Meth. Meth, yeah. More Trife Life. Man Down with Big Noid. And then, you know, Can't Get Enough of It, Nighttime Vultures has Raekwon on it. But then you get G.O.D., Father Part, Part 3. Part you get Get Dealt With, Hell on Earth, Give It Up Fast, Still Shining, and then Apostles Warning It. Still Shining, Still Shining was dope as shit. Dog, this album is, is a great album. Um, hey, yo, I'm not I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that it's just, it's not from, like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get an argument from me saying that, like, uh, Prodigy and Mob Deep aren't good. Like, that's right. not what I'm arguing. I'm just saying that, right. like, I... I get it. It's just not my preference. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's but, no um, there's no there's no knock here. But Prodigy, me. man, like um, you know, there was a period.
period of time, I think in the, I, I will call it like the early blog era where um, he became very outspoken and um, he had one of the, one of the illest blog rants of all time, which What's is, a, uh, tell me about this how dare you question my influence? <laughs> okay. I, have you ever, uh-uh. okay, I'm, I'm going to share this with you. I'm going to share this with everybody actually, yeah, um, but essentially he, yeah, he gets on there and he. I forget what it was, but I think he like heard some interview or something and he didn't like the way he was being represented. And, and so, of course, capital P always writes all of his blog posts in all caps. That's so in all thing. caps, so I guess he's, he's like, just yelling at us. So he's like, how dare you question my trend setting? And then he goes, here's a list of 25 things that I did first that was, you know, the reason why I'm the greatest. And like, like a lot of them were hilarious. Like, like one of them was like the Internet. I had mobdp.com way back in 19 whatever um how I tie my bandana the way I tie my bandana is is great how, you, how dare you question my trend setting the, did he like, mention the, Tommy Hilfiger the joints it was like 20 of them and like a lot of them you were like yeah actually he probably is the first person to do that one of them he, he said was not rhyming words that didn't rhyme like which is was like yeah you, he did you that before Sadat X I don't know. It's possible, okay. uh, but he's definitely the first person to be like known for, for it, for sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, it was just it's it's just a hilarious rant. Um, so I mean, he he had rants on the internet before cats had rants on the internet. I guess that that might be twenty one on the list. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I just I, I can't even really do justice to like the way I feel about Mob Deep and, and Prodigy in particular. Um, you want to talk about keep it thorough? What's, what's keep it thorough? The what song "Keep It Thorough." Oh, what um, album is that on? How many out? What album is that on? Um, it's thought it was it because it's not, on, it's not on those on, first two. Uh, it was initially on um a, a clue tape, I believe. Um, and then from there it went to um one of a prodigy, the H N I C album, which I have not listened to. You never. I break bread, ribs, hundred dollar bills, pill on Ducatis and other four wheels. Write a book full of medicine to generate mills. Tour the album only for more sales. You never heard that joint? I probably have. It's just been a while. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm familiar with that. That's like my favorite Alchemist beat. It's top three at least. No, I okay. I I haven't heard that song in a really long time. But um, that beat, that beat still gets used when people like Dog, people I, have if, like, if, 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 if like I was getting ready, I had a gun to my head and they said you have to freestyle and they said throw on a beat. It that would be in my good, top five. That that beat has been has been like hoard around the masses in terms of like for great reason. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. incredible. Okay. Um, uh, but I haven't heard that man. song wow. in a really long time. Oh, yeah, a really long time. Dog, that's like one of my favorite prodigy things to revisit. Um. I throw a TV at you crazy. Bitches say P, you crazy. A pain in the ass. Nah, but fuck you, pay me. I'm no shorty. <laughs> Yo, the lines of that joint are crazy. Um, his voice on there, like the beat, it's just like to me, that's just that's hip hop right there. Like that. No, that's cool. That feels hip hip hop to me. Um, that's one of my favorite mob beat moments, actually. I remember um they had they had put out, I think the last album they had put out at the time was um was uh murder music mm -hmm. and then they kind of started doing all these compilations so like they were on the clue the clue um dj clue the professional volume one right and then they were on the violator uh soundtrack yeah. and they're on so they were on like these all these kind of disparate things 
but you know you didn't really like get a them project or anything like that and then i just remember i think i was listening to the radio the first time i heard heard it i had moved to virginia and i was living in in uh in herndon and uh i was listening to wpgc and i just remember hearing Break bread ribs. I was like, oh my god, that record is so incredible, man. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that specific track. Yeah. Uh so I can get like the full emphasis on, on Prodigy. But the beat, the beat, yeah, the beat's a le- the beat's legendary for sure. And then they have uh Prodigy, you have Prodigy's solo career. He did H and I C. He did a few of those and he did um but he did a project without the Alchemist. Okay. I know that um, they the, the Alchemist Johnson. was doing a lot of uh, a lot of the later hits from Adib's career were done by the Alchemist. Yeah, so the Alchemist came on board um in um the Murder Music on the Murder Music album. Which beat? Um he did the joint with uh with Cool G Rap. Okay, it was a good song. Was a really good song. Yeah. Um he did some of, some of my favorite joints on there. I have to pull it up, but um I know that he did on um he when when they went to I guess G Unit. Uh-huh. Um the track with like the 80s sample, it was like uh Oh little, yeah, little, uh, got it current. twisted. Yeah, got it twisted. Uh-huh. And then the other the joint, the um the Grand Wizard Theodore sample. The uh, the Gangbuster sample from Wildstyle. Or, I don't it's know also on the it's like um boom doom doom doom. So to be honest with you, I, I skimmed Blood Money. Doom, 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 I didn't really like them on on G Unit. Um, and so I only know like certain songs like Pearly That's Gates and, I, but that 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 uh, that Gangbusters beat from Grand, Grand was a Theodore to me is like yeah. one of the pivotal hip hop like just musical selections like ever right in my opinion so yeah uh, Alchemist did The Realist with Cool G Rap and he did Thug Music um, with Infamous Mom and Chinky so I actually kind of want to talk about murder music real quick yeah, and when that. we first started when we first uh, agreed to do the podcast, right. initially, like the big thing we were going to do was a lot of um, make it a classic. Make it a classic. Right. Um, we have a whole list of the things that we want to do. And we, we still obviously still do that. Um, that's still going to be a staple. Uh, but one of the ones that you really wanted to do was murder music. Yeah. And we never got around to doing it. And mm-hmm. I'm curious why not. Do you that's think a it is question. a classic or do you think it can't be made a classic? Nah, we just never got to it. I, I would okay. actually love to try to make it a classic, definitely. So, because, um, and, and um, I probably got the information wrong, but uh-huh. I remember having conversations like, yeah, don't you want to do murder music? And I thought, I probably got it wrong, but I thought I heard you say like, uh, there's there's really no point to doing that. So we went on to do something else. I, but I, I think was, it was more so we had uh, we had that Jay-Z in the canon. We we wanted okay. to do Blueprint 2. That's and true, I that's thought true. that was more of a priority than, than so, this but one. I was listening to murder music because I, I never listened to murder music when it came out oh, the, wow. the, the the there's uh three tracks that i'm very familiar so when with. quiet storm dropped you weren't like i didn't you, listen to that album no you weren't like oh let me see what else these guys got no because like i said i i liked infamous but hell on earth the album i, I didn't i wasn't really feeling it. i was like ah oh, mob deep you know they're cool but i think that the, here so here's the other thing real quick mm-hmm. um this is this is going to be a, a bit of a tangent right in the uh-huh. sense that you know one of the reasons why I say that, you know, K- 
Kendrick can't be in the GOAT conversation okay. is that I feel like one of the reasons why a lot of people really think he's so great, mm-hmm. I I don't think that he has that much competition right now. Right, that's fair. I think that when Mob Deep was out, there were a lot of other things to listen to. Yep. A lot, yep. a lot of other good things to listen to. Yep. And so, you know, murder music, yeah, it was fine, but I've got mm-hmm. other shit that um is in heavy, heavy rotation. So I just mm-hmm. never really got around to it. Okay. And for justifiable reasons. I mean, there's there's a there's a slew of things that you and I've talked about uh, that I never that I never got to listen to. That I'm going back because mm-hmm. now there isn't as much, and so now I'm, I have more time to dig and just appreciate all these other things. And so right. murder music is one of those things for me. Okay. But I was listening to it recently, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, you know, I think this album kind of starts out kind of slow, mm-hmm. but there's some joints on here. There's Man. some really good songs on murder music. So I see what you're saying. Um, like Streets Raise Me is is kind of uh, slower. But uh, by the time you get to spread love, mm-hmm. you should spread love, not war, because my shit is popping, and I'll be goddamned if you shot me. Dog, like, this this joint was was aggressive, man. I love this album. Um, but the, the, the the joint with the uh, with the Scarface sample, yeah. the, the, it's mine, like, that's... That was I'm going good. out with big guns and sharp knives, revolvers, get semi-autos jammed at the wrong time. There you go, see? You can start to open up a little bit. Get <laughs> man, into that mind, dog. I, this, this album was, was pivotal for me. Um, I, I don't know. I, I remember listening to this a lot, uh, playing ball. There was a time period where, you know, I, I was still rapping and I, and I was, you know, I was still young enough to, to have aspirations of like what I want to do later. And I feel like I wanted to be on Loud Records. Yo, everybody, everybody on wanted loud to be on Loud Records. Right. Everybody was on Loud was fire. Right. right like, and, and Mob Deep was a major reason why. Like it was yeah. like a, at, at a point in time you had Pete Rock. You had Mob Deep, you had Big Pun, you had All of Wu, you had uh, Wu Tang Clan Wu-Tang and Raekwon and and Raekwon specifically. Raekwon was on Inspected that. Um, yeah, Inspected was. was on Loud too. Which didn't. Um, I mean, he he was still my favorite rapper. At the time, yeah, but or, I mean, his solo when when Loud Records was really thriving, his solo album one wasn't out and two it wasn't all that great. So but yes, there was correct. a there was a sampler that Loud Records put out to promote the Inspector Deck album before it came out, mm-hmm. and the sampler is better than the yeah, album. I need to hear that because um, I've never heard it. If I, I still it. have it, I I will give Please it to you. Um, try to get that, that joint to me. has it has two tracks, mm-hmm. and there and it's 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 a, like a DJ mix. Uh-huh. The first track is just. His verses spliced out of every Wu Tang okay. joint. So like, I mean, you get to just go all the way through his Wu Tang catalog, that's right? Fun. And you're like, okay, that's all fire. That's fun. And then it has like just kind of snippets of like um, individual songs that were either supposed to make his album or ended up on his album. Was the second track. Um, it, it, that was the first time I heard Word on the Street. Okay. Um, Rec Room, which ended up becoming the, um, the single. Uh, it's it's the dopest track on that album for sure. I liked a few joints. It, I, it, I think I might have liked Word on the Street better, just because I like that beat better. Get away! Again. Which, if y'all don't know, that's the that's the intro music to the one we do our Word on the Street segment. Is, right. uh, is that Inspector Deck? No, but but you're right though. Loud Records definitely yeah. had that was my favorite label back yeah. at this time. So at the time, I was still a little backpackety. So it was like I, I either wanted to sign to Loud Records or Ruckus Records. Those <laughs> were those were the only re- like the, labels I cared coming about. Out, that was a big, yeah, and that it was, was like you know Bad Boy was doing their thing, and you know Rockefeller was emerging, and all That's this other it, stuff. I was like, yeah, cool. all these other cats are cool. But like, I want to be on Loud Records. I want to get Pete Rock to produce my shit and get Mob Deep to rap on it and woo and right. 
you know, like, so I was really in this, we talk about these kind of universes that mm-hmm. get bu- get built. I wanted to be in the loud universe. Like no, everybody collaborating in that circle was just dope to me. I got you. Um, but yeah, any, what, what else uh, we want to talk about? Uh, so I'm curious about the, the whole, all right. Dunn language, right? Right. How is that spelled? I, I, I know so, the answer to this question. So I think, I think at a certain point in time, like up until maybe after this album, it would have been with a D. Okay. But then once Prodigy went solo, the H and I C time frame, uh-huh. it became with a T H. So all right, uh, when he passed, I saw several tributes on like Instagram or whatnot, and folks were like, "Oh, thanks for uh, teaching me the Dun language, D U N N." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Wait, that's not, that's not how you spell this." Uh, and That's then I, so I, I look it up online and actually when you look it up online like the more official sources not official sources but like wikipedia whatever they spell it d-u-n-n yeah. and i'm like i know this is not how you spell it it was d-u-n-n until until the early 2000s so it's it's, it's t-h-u-n i've always known it to be t-h-u-n That's later so it was the, because originally so, we're, we're done we're done supposedly comes from is um there was a crackhead in Prodigy's neighborhood and Havoc in Prodigy's neighborhood that they would see every day. And he couldn't say son. He right. couldn't say it with an S. Yeah. So he would say like, Dan, what up, Dan, what up, Dan, like that. So then they just adopted that and started using right. it. So when I first got to school, so this is 2001, um, I thought it was done with the D. It was. He says, trying to speak the done language. What the jelly with that, though? It ain't banging. My my friends from New York, they're like, it's not spelled with a D. It's a T-H-U-N. And yeah. so, since that moment, I, I took their word for it, right? I was like, right. oh, it's done. So then I, so so this is actually how, I was telling you pre-show, I, I, I got to reading um, some of like the excerpts from the front of his book. Right. And so I looked it up, I was like, I know this is spelled T-H-U-N, I know it is. Mm. And so then I found quotes from his book, mm-hmm. and he talks about the origin of it. Dude's uh, name is Bumpy, he okay. had a speech impediment. Right. He would say Thun and Thority, um, so Thority instead of Shorty, it's Thority, and they mm. were spelling it T-H. Okay. And so the whole thumb language comes from that. Um, mm. And they've got they've got different words for different. Basically, it's like a different yeah. slang terminology. Right. But even on the uh, the drink the pain away or whatever that song is with the uh, what's the, what's this joint on Infamous uh, produced oh, by uh, Q-Tip. Yeah. Um, drink away the pain. Drink away the pain. Yeah. Right. So he talks about Thaney. Well, Thaney yeah, I think was slang for Saint Eyes, right. which would make sense because Thaney and then Saney so that's where it comes from so but it's just it's interesting though i think that at least from within queensbridge and probably up in new york i think they probably have they are they're probably all familiar that it's it's t-h-u-n i think it but, changed over time I, I think at least or maybe maybe you know once prodigy went solo he he captured something he had already created and he made it what he wanted it to be and maybe other people were just writing about it based on the way he was saying it Okay. But like it was definitely done up until okay. H and I C. I just I I know when my friends from New York told me they told me it was spelled with a, a T H and this is back in two thousand and one. So that's all I can say. But um, mm-hmm. it's interesting though. Uh, mm-hmm. I ended up reading part of his uh, you know part of his uh, autobiography and it's only right. like a couple chapters. So, but it talks about kind of like how he got started mm-hmm. and it also talks about like his musical background, which yeah. is rather kind of kind of kind of cool. Yeah. Like his mother. Um, was a famous dancer in right. Queens, and, right. uh, Bernice, uh, not his mother, his grandmother. His grandmother, and then his grandfather was uh, was Albert Johnson. He's named after his grandfather, uh, right. Albert Bud Johnson, mm-hmm. who was a tenor saxophonist for Earl Hines. Yep. Um, in fact, when Pro- you, you said that Prodigy taught Havoc how to how to how to make beats, mm-hmm. I think what it was is that um, Prodigy 
bought a bunch of like uh, equipment for making beats and his grandfather like left him his entire collection just like hey fuck around have right, fun right. so he taught himself and then he initially taught Havoc and then Havoc right. kind of picked it up quicker and so he yep. was like well you just have fun with this yeah uh, and that's, that's kind of how it went but it was it was kind of interesting too um, to hear about like you can actually go online and look for Bernice Johnson and she's mm-hmm. got uh, Bernice Johnson like cultural arts center for dancing whatnot right she's got this Facebook page there is no mention at all on this entire biography of okay. this lady there's no mention of prodigy whatsoever and it's mm. i just found it kind of interesting but interesting. there's some same famous individuals uh who, who i guess they're famous uh tina douglas who's ashanti's mother right. came up in that cultural arts center in fact they said that at least according to prodigy ashanti mm. was like raised in that uh, cultural arts center so, so it's just kind of interesting to, 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 uh, to see all this stuff. and i mean that's where we get the the infamous summer jam uh picture of uh a prodigy in the the quote-unquote ballerina um, outfit <laughs> um, was from his days in the in the yeah. art school. I yeah. think that's kind of tough, though. Leave, yeah. leave, leave, leave kids alone. Yeah, not nah, for <laughs> sure. But I mean, you know, you would have done it too, man. That's that's battle rap. And back then, you know, it's like you know, anything's fair game. If you, yeah. you get that picture, you you putting it on there. That's a legendary hip hop moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't want to leave talking about the infamous without giving it like all of its props as an no dude let's let's get into it i think that um i was listening to it again and i've always thought the infamous Mm -hmm. was a dope album but i was listening to it again obviously and it's just like wow this is so good the 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 beats Mm -hmm. on there are just are just they're so amazing so um so that the book the um that 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 i uh was telling you about uh check the technique with all the different mm -hmm. albums um, there were only two albums in there because it's funny back in the, in that day there was only like three A and R's in the whole in okay. all of hip hop right like A and R wasn't really a thing yet uh, for hip hop and um, I'm trying to remember dude's name who was like the A and R on everything but anyway he was talking about having Mob Deep as a group he mm-hmm. said this about two groups right. Mob Deep and Pete Rock and Seal Smooth okay he said for every other joint they would kind of have to come they help them pick tracks they, they you know talk to them about the direction help them choose what, what songs they said mob deep was some young ass dudes they was like 15 16 years old they would sit up in the studio and just drink and drink and drink and drink and drink and eat mm-hmm. chinese food that's all they did and they just made music but they said they made being an anr really easy because they already knew what they were doing. Yeah. So like you would just drop in every once in a while and be like, oh yeah, y'all, y'all got anything? Oh yeah, uh, let me hear it. They would play it. They knew it was going to be dope. It was dope. But then they yeah. just walk out and leave. Yeah. Like they talked about how like these cats really, really knew what they were doing and what their musical direction was going to be. They mm-hmm. didn't have like a lot of like outside influence on like, oh, this is what your image is going to be. And this is how you're going to make songs. And this is how your album's going to come together. So I thought that was really dope. Um, And then... uh. They talked about um, the 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 um, interludes mm-hmm. of the infamous. Okay, and uh, I, you're, you're familiar, right? Yeah, but there aren't that many but, of them. There's a one. There's a one like track two or three. I'm I'm just talking about the prodigy rants. Yeah, they're they're either littered at the ends yeah. of songs or just like they're by themselves. There's one at the beginning. There's right. kind of one at the end. Um, but in the book, Havoc talks about how all of those got recorded like when he was out of the studio, and he talked about how like when he's oh, when in Havoc the studio, was out when of the Havoc studio. was out, of, yeah, because when, when when he's in the studio, he said Prodigy gets talking to shit. Havoc's like, yo, shut the fuck up, man. Like, right. But he's like, whenever Havoc was out of the studio, Prodigy would get on the mic and be like, 
Yo, I'm about to get on some old high school shit. Start punching niggas in their face just for living. <laughs> Which is to me one of the illest things anybody's ever said ever. But um, the prodigy rants, I guess, come from like times where Havoc was just gone and then Havoc would come back and it would already be recorded and he'd be like, "All right, that's cool." Just, you, you can I, I can it, you know? I can see why why, why <laughs> Havoc would feel that way. Uh, supposedly yeah. that's how they met. Oh yeah. So. Um, prodigy was real serious about like getting into rhymes and whatnot and this dude was like oh you gotta meet uh my man havoc like y'all would go well together and mm -hmm. when he meets havoc like havoc is getting in a fight with some bigger dude who pulls out a knife mm -hmm. misses havoc and then havoc like beats his shit like just beats him down right wow. uh supposedly the story goes though that like years later um, or maybe like a year or so later, Havoc and Prodigy were like hanging out, getting drunk, and Havoc admitted like, yeah, that day we met, I was supposed to rob you, but we liked your style so much that yeah. we kind of gave you a pass. I think and, I heard that. You know, said you were cool. Right. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I if I buy it or not. Either way, I, I think it's a good story. But it, <laughs> that's that's basically how they met. Like yeah. Havoc was a you know Havoc was a real you know yeah. fuck your shit up. Yeah. So. Yeah, no doubt. But uh, yeah, but it, 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 it always, you know, like I said, once again, about Prodigy being the voice of Mob Deep, mm -hmm. like he seemed a little bit less, you know, softer spoken and less out outgoing with like the stuff that he was thinking, whereas Prodigy seemed like the type of dude he just pop off like, right. you know, and, and, and you get a lot of gems from that. Even the um, we talk about how Mob Deep and Outkast are kind of my mm -hmm. my staple groups in that time frame. And, uh, you know, um, the the diss to outcast with the whole uh um and y'all niggas doing that old space spaceship <laughs> shit or whatever he says uh on this album as well so so uh let me ask you do you have something mm -hmm. i was gonna ask you nah, go ahead. uh havoc uh mm -hmm. best producer on the mic yes no in no. the conversation no no okay is he in the conversation yeah okay definitely i think that um Perhaps not on perhaps not on the lyrical front. Mm -hmm. Maybe not so much. Even though I do think he's got some good verses. I think he's got yeah. some dope rhymes. Yeah. But um, man, like it, it's interesting. I think that Mob Deep they definitely have a lot of filler tracks. They're but they're not. Hmm. I don't say that in a negative way. Okay. I don't say that in a negative way. It's it's kind of like what I was telling you. I think that some of their songs kind of sound similar, but they're yeah. not they're not bad. But on there's his standout no, tracks, there's no filler songs on the Infamous. Oh, 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 oh! I'm not talking about the Infamous. Okay. I was talking about um, talking about murder music and more so Hell on Earth for okay. me, for okay. me. Um, but they're not they're not bad tracks. They're just like I don't want to sit here and listen to this all day. Okay. Um, but man, like the musical arrangements on Shook Ones Part Two is mm. nothing short of miraculous. Definitely. It is a it is. There are certain songs yeah. that I'll say that is a perfect piece of music. Uh -huh. Like to me, Pusher Man by Curtis Mayfield is oh, an absolutely definitely. flawless. Definitely. There is there is there is nothing negative you can say about that yep. song. Shook Ones Part Two mm -hmm. is an absolutely flawless track. Agreed. It is amazing. Agreed. The, 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 and it's not just it's not just the beats. It's it how it, it how it comes in. It's how mm -hmm. they arrange uh, the instrumentations. It's how yeah. they arrange like the vocals. Have how you they heard that sample? Kind of put things up. Uh, I may have. It's been a it's while. Like a, it's like a random jazz piano sample. I'm sure. And then they just detoned it so many semitones that it almost sounds. I don't even know what what to say. It sounds like it sounds like if there was an organ in hell. Yeah. That's what it would sound yeah. like. Yeah. Like that shit is fucking incredible. Like it's, who who would think to do that? Ah, uh, clearly I don't know. I don't know if it was Q-Tip. I don't know if it was. No, that was that was all havoc. And, Yo, that and, that beat and is the. Fire. The funniest thing about it is in multiple different stories that I've heard about it, he was trying to throw that beat away. 
Was he? Yeah. Wow. He thought it was whack. And so he was working on some different beats and um, he he said that he, well, I've heard it, him tell it in two different ways. So uh-huh. I'll tell it both ways. One joint, he says, he made the beat, he put it aside, he was working on other things. Uh-huh. Prodigy came in and, you know, was listening to some of the stuff he was working on and he was like, oh, I want that. And and he was like, now nah, I'm about to throw it away. And Prodigy's like, now nah, I want to rap on it. And he was like, all right, you can have it because otherwise I'm just going to get rid of it. Okay. The other version I heard was he worked on that beat uh, among other beats and then a bunch of people came in, like his homies came in and they all heard it and they all started flipping out. And he was like, y'all like this? Like, I thought this shit was whack. Nah. So, and then that, the so other thing he says in each of those interviews is, I must have thrown away at least five more shook ones, which is the craziest shit when you think about it. Cause it's just like, for real? Man, you never throw shits away, man. You put them aside. But, but see, back away. then, I know, I know, back I know. then, yeah, you ain't have exactly. one terabyte hard drive. I wonder what he feels uh, about survival of the fittest. Cause that feels oh, fire too. It's, it's a lot more, it's a, it's much simpler than mm-hmm. shook ones. It's not, mm-hmm. uh, the arrangement is not as intricate. Yeah. Um, but like there are little details just in how, mm-hmm. They just lay out that track that I'm just yeah. like, oh, it's yo, it's the arrangement. Everything is flawless. Yeah. The lyric, it's I think it's Havoc's best verse. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely one of them. Yep. And and Prodigy is flawless on it as well. Yep. It's just like and even like the little kind of ad libs and like the bridges that they add uh-huh. to it. It's just like everything contributes to the song. It's yeah. just it's just it's, you know, it's perfect. I, I'm not sure if it's my favorite Mob Deep song, but mm-hmm. I think that I think it's got to be their best. Yeah. I yeah. think there's a lot of really underrated tracks on here, which is why I actually mm-hmm. pulled it up. Um, up North Trip for me. Uh, dun, 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 no, 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 no. I know it. With the drums. God, I like Up North Trip. God. I like the one that comes on after that, which is uh, Trife Life. Trife Life. Uh, yeah. Dude, every single rises on there. Temperatures rising. I think that's a and Q-tip. the remix. Uh, yeah, I think Q-Tip was involved in, in one of those heavily. Yeah. But, uh, um, the, Trife Life, the Trife Life beat. Like, temperatures rising and give up, give up the goods they gave him full producer really? credit for. As well as temperatures rising and uh, drink away the pain. Yo, I want to talk about Trife Life a little bit, just yeah. in the sense of first of all, I love that beat. It's a great beat to tell a story to. Right. Um. It just it feels like it's a storytelling beat. Right. But I love. I, I've seen this several times where it's like, uh, you know, Shorty hits up dude. Yep. Dude's like, all right, I yep. want to get some pussy. But in the back of his mind, he's like, I bet this is a trap. Yeah. And he walks into the trap. Yo. Yep. If you watch uh, the the wire, I think it's like season three. Yeah. Uh, Marlo kind of does the same thing. Some chick approaches him, and he 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 feels it's like yo, it's it's a trap. Mm-hmm. But he ends up he ends up getting pussy anyway. He ends up getting the dome, uh, and then or no no, he, I think he ends up uh, he ends up like hitting it from the back or some shit, whatever. But <laughs> then like but then he ends up still scheming on her, and then and then drops her at the end. I don't know. It's yeah. just kind of funny to like these dudes just like so. That that was an underlying theme where they had it again on Hell on Earth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and I, I think that that's just some really real. I shit, just think it's man. funny. Like every time I and, hear um, stories like this, like you don't trust these women yet you still want to keep fucking with these women. It's man, just funny. I've been in this situation, <laughs> and I think that I think that anybody like you know California, we have gang shit. Um, New York, you have uh, you know the boroughs uh-huh. where it's just like you can't you can't walk up if you're from the projects you don't walk up in somebody else's project like they're gonna be like who is but that hold on, hold on. you have you had situations like this where uh i had a very specific situation with a woman to me one time and yes. you thought you know i it, yeah. i don't know if we need to talk about it off air but i gotta yeah. hear this story yeah i mean you know I, I'll, I'll keep it brief right um <laughs> i was uh i was i met a girl at a uh a party where, where in is LA. LA. I'm, right. I'm so how i'm living in the ie 
I'm I've just graduated from college, so I'm like okay. I'm like 22 years old, Got something it. like that. Um, I, the IE, um, the IE, uh, where I'm from is like maybe 35 to 45 minutes outside of LA. Okay. Um, this girl was from Long Beach. All right. So somewhere in the middle was LA at this party where we went to. Uh huh. Um, so I met this girl and I started you know hanging with her. She didn't have a car. So like I would drive all the way out. It was like an hour and a half. Like I would like drive all the way out, pick back this girl when, up. Back when we when that was appropriate. Right. Take her <laughs> back. Know no hang out. Drive all I, dude, it was like three hours each way. It was crazy. Um so I mean, yeah, I was a much more ambitious individual than I am today, obviously. Um <laughs> and um anyway, uh, uh, what would happen was there was a there was an artist that was um in Long Beach that all I right. used to collaborate with. Shout out to the homie, I'm not gonna put his name out there. Uh, but uh, whenever I would come to that studio, I would hit her up like, hey, yo, I'm in I'm in Long Beach, you know, like, I'm good. So I hit her up this one day and um, she's like, oh, yeah, what time? You know, all right, come through. So the, the text message was already, the tone was already kind of a little, a little different. A little it's not sounding the same. Yeah, it was a little interesting. So I, I, I was like, yo, I don't, I don't really know what's really cracking here, but I'm going a, I'm to a entertain the situation, <laughs> right? So I, I what I oh, usually man. would do was when I was down the block, because she lived in, she lived, she lived three blocks over from where Snoop Dogg is from. Oh. Uh, Snoop's from 2-1 and MLK. To, uh, so you hear him talk about that a lot in, uh -huh. his, in his songs. So VIP Records um, is the monument of Long Beach. Um, right. Have you ever seen the Welcome to Atlanta remix video? I, I can, I can, I, yeah, okay. but I. So Snoop Dogg is standing on top of this record store, and there's all these people below. I'd have to see it again. It's been a while. This since record I've seen store it. was like as an iconic place because it was black owned and it was in the middle of Long Beach. Nice. Okay. That's on 18th and MLK. I had pulled up there a few times. At the time, I had the brand new uh, Infinity, you know what I'm saying, tinted out, all black. Okay. So when I would come in the neighborhood, you know, the homies in the neighborhood would notice. Would, would notice. And yeah. and I and I knew that. And so, you know, I'd always kind of park my car a little bit, you know, obscured, because I was like, yo, people are like, yo, why is this dude coming through? And then, yes. you know, you come through, you pick up a girl, you know, they're like, yo, I don't like this. Like, who is this guy? You're not from this neighborhood. So... I knew I was out of bounds, but I try to be as careful about the situation as possible. Know, well, you're supposed to know right? your streets, man. Exactly. And that, these were not my streets. It was, this was a horrible idea. I would never do this. But uh, anyway, so I headed that day. And then as I normally would do when I was coming off of MLK, I would call her and say, hey, you know, I'm outside. Because, you know, it takes, it takes a little bit. Get ready, whatever. Get your bag, whatever. Right. So, hey, I'm outside. But she didn't pick up. So I called again, she didn't pick up. So I shot her a text, she didn't say anything. So I was like, huh, okay, this is interesting. Uh -huh. So I, I had that gut feeling. And I like, I one of the things that I will say is like, my gut feelings are almost 100% I feel like you. accurate. When mm -hmm. I have a bad gut feeling, something is gonna happen. Your spidey so, senses are tingling. Right, right, so instead of parking on her street, I parked on, I parked in front of VIP Records. Very right. well lit parking yeah, lot, very, you know, very et cetera. Visual. Yeah, so if anything went down, you know, there's probably cameras there, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I parked my car there and I walked. So I walked like the one or two blocks, you know, to get to Shorty's crib. And I and when I walk up, I think I see one light on in the house. Uh -huh. And that light goes off. So I'm knocking on the door and like nobody's answering. And I'm just kind of like, huh. So I try to call her again. I like walk, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I call her again. And I'm like, I feel like I hear people. So then I just, man, I just dipped. I went home. 
So she's like 15 minutes later, I'm on the road and Shorty calls me. She's like, yeah, I thought you said you were coming through. Yeah, I'm here. And I was like, nah, I'm good. You never spoke to her again. Never right? spoke to her again. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man. I mean, that's that's like the everyday, you know, situations. Even um, dude from uh, the "You're a Jerk" group. You know that song? Uh, You're a jerk. jerk. You're a jerk. Yeah. Uh, I think I his name his was Mbone. He got he he got shot in the head. Oh. Uh, similar situation. He was not from a neighborhood. He was dating a girl in the neighborhood. Um, and he got set up. He came through and dudes were waiting for him. So, I mean, I think this is just everyday shit that goes down with, with, with people. If you're going to date a girl or talk to a girl that's in another neighborhood, that's not your neighborhood, you got to be careful. And that's well, what we're talking about. On I, I live a, uh, a far less interesting life, <laughs> much more boring. The, 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 the most, uh, you know, the extent for me is just the fact that like I might get I probably got used for a ride or two back in the day that's about that's about well, I mean, no one's trying least, to rob me at least it didn't put your life in jeopardy so that's cool true but I mean I also wasn't pushing yeah, the infinity with the you know with the tinted windows I was the, doing and, too and much chrome, man I probably should have I probably whatever. should have borrowed the homie's car yo and came out there but yeah man yeah. I mean I'm still here to tell the story thank God and, right, right, right. and you know um, I don't know how authentic these stories that my beat was telling um both on this one and the one on hell on earth were but you know i, I like I, I felt them i was like yeah i mean they were really really drastic joints cats getting tied up and you know duct taped in the whole nine but do you, uh, do you believe their prodigy uh do you think he has the, the proper street red because apparently that's been challenged man so the deal with, with street cred to me right is like Anybody who like grew up in the hood yeah. and survived has some street cred. You have some street cred, yeah. right? You know, I, but I not, was, Nas I was, used to get Nas used to get dragged, right? I, I, I was having a conversation unfair. with somebody about Nas getting dragged, right? And it's like, first of all, you look at just the environment that he came out of and the fact that he he made it out. But I've yeah. heard some really, really real stories about Nas. Um, just give me one example. So the the best example actually is um is DJ Envy has told this story multiple times. You know DJ Envy from The Breakfast Club. Mm -hmm. So um, apparently back in the days when DJ Envy was first getting on, he would make these mixtapes and he would pass them out in the hood. Mm -hmm. So he's got his, his mixtapes, he's you know selling or passing out or whatever, and he sees Nas. Wait, what, around what year is this? He didn't say. Okay. So um, I'm just curious if like if, if this is Nas like pre barbecue or if this is no, Nas no, 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 like post pre, pre barbecue. He knew he knew who Nas was. Uh, so I mean, I'm, I, this is at least post Domatic. Okay. So he says so, he so, then, Nas. so so Nas is like Nas the is real Nas, deal. Like right. he's the streets disciple right, at this point. Right. Got it. So he sees Nas and he's like, Nas is standing next to his car, mm -hmm. and he's kind of having a conversation with somebody. So he said he he's like, oh shit, it's Nas. So he rolls up to Nas with his hand in his bag and he goes, Nas, I got something for you. Right? <laughs> and Nas goes, oh yeah, son. Oh yeah, you got something for me? Said Nas grabs him, goes in his car with his other hand, pulls out the guns like, what you got for me? What you got for me? <laughs> and he's like, my bad, just a mixtape. Just try to give you a mixtape. He's like, yo, son, you can't run up on people like that, man. Like, you know, whatever, whatever. And like, envy like leaves with his life intact. But um, I, I, I will, I will say this: I'm not mm -hmm. from those areas, right. um, and I'm not gonna judge the folks who are from those areas and have done some shady shit. Right. 
I will say though, if you are from those areas and you saw this types of stuff happening all the time and you yeah. made it out and you survived yeah. and you didn't have to do any of that stuff, yeah. good for you. Like right, I, I don't exactly. give a fuck about like the street. And like, you made it out like good for you. Additionally, um so Prodigy was from Long Island. Yeah, he Prodigy's was uh, from Prodigy's from Hempstead. Yeah. And so um, you know, we had this whole conversation just earlier about you know, being out of bounds, being in other people's neighborhoods, like mm-hmm. that, that is already, you know, you're putting yourself at risk in those situations. So to be able to not be from a neighborhood, but be embraced enough in that neighborhood, the way it seems like he was, I mean, it seems like he was always with Havoc. And as you were saying, Havoc seemed to be a, a pretty solid dude that people knew about, but uh, to be able to be, you know, walk those streets comfortably, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's something that I have well, respect for as well. I'll say two things. One, there's the, you know, there's the Rock Kim lyric, uh, it ain't where you're from, it's where you at. Right. Uh, but also, yeah, he's from Hempstead, but uh, he did spend a significant amount of time in Queens. I mean, like like I said, mm-hmm. um, his grandmother had that art center in, uh, in Jamaica, Queens. But what I'm saying is. He technically wasn't from, from Queensbridge no, pro- housing no. projects, and no, he was spending he, lots of time in Queensbridge housing so projects. So the way the way the story goes, yeah. at least uh, as Prodigy tells it in his book, um, you know, he and Havoc went to high school together, right? Uh, and they they had different lunch periods. When they got to know each other, they switched it around. They had lunch periods. He described it as like the yard and like the prison. Like they, right. they, apparently, they did no schoolwork. They were just there to kind of like <laughs> hustle and stick up kids. As probably right, as you could tell right. it, like he was a stick up kid. That's right. how he got his money. He would rob people. They had mad guns, all this other shit. Right, right. right. Um, but then, yeah, when he when he went to Queensbridge, I think he was staying with Havoc and his family. Um, okay. But he that's when he got in with Big Noid. He got in right. with like the twins and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and one of the tests to like get into the crew was he had to go and battle everybody in Queensbridge. So he had a battle. Um, he had a battle Nas. Mm-hmm. He lost. But uh, so it was two things. One, Nas at the time said it was cool. But like afterwards, Nas like was saying like, nah, like, you know, Prodigy is whack. Havoc needs to go solo. Mm. Uh, but of course, Prodigy didn't. Prodigy wasn't upset because like to him, like, he heard Nas and was just like, this guy's better than me. Like, right. I don't have a bar that can fuck with anything he's saying. <laughs> right. And so he always had like, he's like, I don't care. He was keeping it real. Havoc probably was better than me at the time. Right. And so there's nothing but love. But the other dude he had a battle was Cormegan. And supposedly at the uh, time when Cormegan was in jail, people thought that Cormegan was like a hundred times better than Nas. I'm yeah. not sure about that. Um, I don't know his catalog too extensively, but uh. I do think I've heard a verse or two and I wouldn't put him... Maybe Nas, I mean, Nas could have improved as well. Yeah, I mean, Cormega was really, really dope and I think is as well. But um, I think Cormega, and I've talked about this a lot. I'm not going to go into too much detail here, but uh, his his voice and his speech, like, I think he has kind of like a a speech impediment a little Mm -hmm. bit. And like the way he says bars makes it, it it puts him at a disadvantage. Oh, okay. But but Cormega's really, really dope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, man, uh, Prodigy, man. Uh, one of my favorite MCs, man. Rest in peace to a, a legend. I mean, yeah. I, I I don't like. I was shocked, you know, like speechless uh, w- with hearing of, of him pass away. I, I wasn't shocked. Um, yeah. one of my friends was uh, he was just at the Roots picnic. Okay, he was performing there, and one of my friends got to got to see him, and he was just like, "Wow, that's kind of." He's like, "I'm glad I got to see that." before mm-hmm. um before he before he passed uh and he's from brooklyn he's not from queens but okay. he's got respect for right, right. um but yeah, I, I wasn't shocked at all i mean the way i looked at it was it's like look you know he was, he was born with sickle cell right um and he made it out of the hood 
supposedly whatever he, right. he, he made something of himself musically um and he was performing up until you know I, I think that he was performing and then he had like a, a um some kind of episode whatever i don't know what you call it he had a, he had a, a complication okay. and then he passed away two days later but mm. i mean for me i look at it as well look right. like he was able to perform yeah. up until his death doing the yeah things that no loved. that is a beautiful thing um I, the reason i guess i was so shocked was the last couple times i had seen him mm -hmm. he was kind of doing the whole um you know how styles p does like the juicing and yeah. he works out and stuff you know so the last time i saw prodigy prodigy was pretty diesel and he was talking about how he was eating better and x y and z uh, so uh, yeah so i was uh, you know that that it's more from the perspective of me the the picture in my mind was he's more healthy um but, but I, mean, I mean look yeah. at i mean big pun lost 100 pounds before he passed away right nah but then he he ballooned up after that oh did he yeah so he he um he had like a whole deal where when he would get stressed out he would eat more and uh, so was, i mean he did lose that 100 pounds he actually went to like some to sort of program yeah. and he and he lost 100 pounds and then he left that program and then he just started eating a whole bunch so yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the health thing, the health thing is, um, you know, I, I, I never want to be too judgmental. Um, there's some, there's some artists and, and I'm not going to say their names because mm -hmm. I would get like, people might stop listening to the podcast, but there's a couple of artists when, when I hear about things that happen, I always kind of like have, I have questions. That's mm -hmm. all I can say. I have questions about like, what was this person doing? Were they taking care of their health? Um, mm -hmm. But it's but you know I definitely have uh, I'm definitely sympathetic you know I don't have to deal with those situations thank God and um, you know hey uh, it's unfortunate but you know he was trying to take care of himself and I mean who knows maybe it had nothing to do with sickle cell I mean I'm assuming it did but, I think it did but um, I, according right. to the Wikipedia the cause of death is still unknown so. well so I mean I you know the the last thing I read they said that he choked on an egg in the hospital. Really? Um, so yeah, they said that he was in the hospital because of complications due to mm -hmm. sickle cell, um, and that he actually passed away choking on an egg. That's a that that's awful. Yeah. So I mean, it is what it is. Um, I mean, I, I hope that he had you know some pleasure in his latter in his latter years. Um, I hope that he felt that he you know accomplished a great deal because man. his music is very. Um, you know, say what you want to say about Mob Deep. Like I said, they're not my favorite, but uh -huh. I mean, you have to respect them. I mean, they're a hip hop staple. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just hope that, you know, while he was here, he got to feel the feeling that we all feel when we hear Shook Ones. Because I mean, yeah. literally, there's a feeling. Like, oh, it's, it's, like, it's, it's that it's record so is just so phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and like to be an artist that, you know, was able to give the world something like that mm -hmm. is, is just incredible in and of itself. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you want to add any more words. Or... No, uh, that'll that could probably wrap it up for me. Yeah, man, I think the way we're gonna have to do this episode, um, I'm going to put together uh, a, a a playlist um, nice. for 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 Mob Deep in general because I don't I don't want to necessarily um, isolate Prodigy and uh, and uh, Havoc, but um, I'm gonna put it together a playlist, and then I think also we're definitely gonna stitch some good some good mob deep music into the uh the soundtrack of this episode so cats can of course, really of course. you know hear and celebrate the music so and if you want we can do our next uh our next make it a classic we can do murder music i'm down yeah, to do it i'm cool with that um, um i might i might actually need you know need to give it some time man okay, i just right. i feel like right, we'll, we'll put that on let's hold, only but... celebrate like i don't want to i don't want to say anything negative about mob all right deep that's fair that's fair future. so we'll put that on so, hold but we'll yeah. have a but i mean 
we did we didn't make it a classic for the UGK, and we weren't saying anything negative. True. We were just talking True. about how it could have gone from a good album to a classic. Right, right, right. I so. mean, the one great thing about that will be I, I, I actually I revisit the infamous all the time. I love that album. It's worthwhile. Um, but I, I rarely revisit murder music, which okay. is interesting. But um, it'll be great to go back and revisit that. I'll probably listen to that today, actually. Okay. So cool. anyway, I think that's it, man. Let's sign off. Peace. Right, peace. Whatever party's over, tell the rest of the crew. Yo, P, it's on you. What you wanna do? Whatever party's over, tell the rest of the crew. Yo, P, it's on you. What you wanna do? Whatever party's over, tell the rest of the crew. Yo, P. It's on you, what you wanna do? Whatever party's over, tell the rest Every of day of my life, since 11 to 74 On the street, making non-stop cream galore Packing heat, sticking up weed stores and more Collecting interest, offer extortions To settle my score, it gets deeper When things get real, I'm down to sticking that West Bank for my meal And I'm from Hempstead, it's close to the shacks and Parkside Well, I'll be outside slinging, you always high And don't Come around to the crossroads of life But to the death of you and me to speak for eternity I'm going out to the fullest extent So far into my troubles It's hard for me to get back To my everyday self and composure Catch you when you open Then I bring you to a closure But ice on a razor And freeze you in your shoulder I went for your grill But you dipped from my boulder I know this kid who says he knows her Because of that Now I know where you lay your head at And that's that Say no more I put it on you While you was yawning Murder without warning the very next morning Once we step through the door Party over, that's the ending You and your crew will leave out A bunch of dead men Bump me and I'll bump you back You ain't tough black niggas Like you just get they life jacked But I'm a cool nigga Till you push me to the limit But try to play me in your ass I get a bull in it Don't try to cop please now Son is dead and done I gave you fair warning To run and get your guns It's on, time to show them how I perform My attitude to transform Leave you dead plus wrong Get in the flow with them Representing from Queens Shit is real Why you hoping that it's all a dream But you can't wake up When in the chest you bless Choking off your own blood Don't blame me You cause hey, your yo, own no, death It's on you What you wanna do Whenever party's over Tell the rest of the crew Yo big noise It's on you What you wanna do Whenever party's over Tell the rest of the crew